0: Dating apps can lead to danger. We collected victims' comments, and many of them said, I thought I was going to die. This hour,
3: reporter Amy Kobabe explores the world of dating in the year 2023 and the growing fear of assault. This is Swiping Left on Danger. Here's Amy Kobabe on KSL News Radio.
4: Please note that this story contains depictions of rape and sexual assault. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault, help is available. A full list of resources can be found at kslnewsradio.com or by calling the 24-hour Sexual Violence Crisis Line at 1-888-421-1100. I want you to picture a dating app. You open it up and are immediately presented with a choice. You're told how tall Jack or Jill is, their age, and their favorite food. You see pictures of them with their dog and on a fishing trip. But what you're not shown is if Jack or Jill is a scammer, or if they're on the hunt for their next victim. Dating apps are now the number one way couples meet, and research shows it has quickly taken over the dating world. Over half of young adults in the U.S. have reported using a dating app at some point, according to the Pew Research Center. But what's happening isn't all love at first sight. Instead of church bells, many users are ending up scammed out of thousands of dollars or the victim of a violent attack. Enter Dr. Julie Valentine.
0: I'm an associate dean and professor at Brigham Young University College of Nursing and a forensic nurse with Wasatch Forensic Nurses.
4: Several years ago, she was working at Safe and Healthy Families, where many abused children are seen. And after months of dealing with sexual assaults, she was about to call it quits.
0: And then one day I took care of a young teenager who had been raped and spent a lot of time with her and had a complete change of heart and thought, these are probably the individuals that I most need to provide care for, that I most need to advocate for. And uh, then became, I, w- I was finishing a master's degree at the time, took additional courses in forensic nursing, then ended up deciding to um, get my Ph.D. driven by the fact that so much research is needed in this field, and if we are going to make any difference in decreasing sexual violence and improving care to survivors, we have to have research And uh, so that set me off on my path.
4: Valentine is still a practicing forensic nurse, but now she is focusing on doing research in areas where she says she's seeing major gaps, specifically looking at how vulnerable people are being victimized.
0: When I look at all those lines of data, I, I acutely know that these are people whose lives have forever changed. Many of them, their lives have been shattered by this experience. And I think that's my drive, is trying to be a voice for all of these patients, these victims.
4: So Valentine started going through sexual assault kits sent to crime labs. Included in that information was a question on how the victim knew the assailant and if they had met on a dating app.
0: Because of the richness of this data set, we can really hone into a variety of different studies, everything from male sexual assault victims to uh, injuries, to help inform policy and practice. And one of those that is was a specific area of study. Uh, really developed, and uh, about the around 2015, in my forensic nursing team, we started talking about how we were seeing more and more rapes that occurred when individuals met on a dating app.
4: This is a relatively new category for sexual
0: assaults. So after just anecdotally, and and seeing it myself as a practicing forensic nurse, uh, my research team and Dr. Leslie Miles and our many research assistants, we started coding if they met on a dating app. And we started collecting that in 2017. And our question was pretty basic. Our question was, are rapes that occur when someone meets on a dating app different than other, I kind of hate the term date rapes, but that's what people understand, or acquaintance sexual assaults? One of the challenges was, was that it was hard to tease out uh if they met on a dating app and then were raped two weeks later or two months later, but what was easy to tease out is if they connected on a dating app and then were raped or sexually assaulted at the first in-person meeting. And because in research, you have to make sure your definitions for what uh, variables you're collecting is, is really clear We decided that that would be how we would define dating app-facilitated sexual assault, or DAPSA, cases. They connected on a dating app and were raped at the first in-person meeting.
4: What did you find?
0: We found incredibly disturbing findings. We found that these DAPSA cases, again, they met on a dating app and were raped at the first in-person meeting that that was 14% of the acquaintance sexual assaults during this time period, 2017 to uh, 2021. We then wanted to look at were there differences, and the differences are profound. We found that uh, these dating app-facilitated sexual assaults are much more violent. A third of the victims are strangled. And when you consider strangulation, strangulation indicates a high degree of lethality. People die from strangulation. And many times, half the time, it leaves no marks. You can render someone unconscious with strangulation in about six to eight seconds, and they will not have any marks necessarily on their neck. Strangulation immediately strikes fear into someone. All of the perpetrators in our study were men. Most of the victims were females. Uh, And remember, in these DAPSA cases, they had never met this person before. So think about their fear level. When the first time they get together, they are raped and a third of the time those victims are also strangled. Um, incredibly scary. We collected victims' comments, and many of them said, I thought I was going to die.
4: Coming up, we'll dive into the numbers and what Valentine found is happening right here in Utah.
1: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
3: Join KSL Monday morning to get all the things you need to start your week, hear important news, and get booted up on your day. Utah's Morning News, 5 to 9. Back to our special on the dangers of dating apps. Here's Amy Kobabe on KSL News Radio.
4: Please note that this story contains depictions of rape and sexual assault. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault, help is available. A full list of resources can be found at kslnewsradio.com or by calling the 24-hour Sexual Violence Crisis Line at 1-888-421-1100. Chances are you know someone who met their spouse or significant other on a dating site or app. Research shows this is actually how most couples are meeting now. It's so popular, it's replacing any other traditional ways of meeting a potential match, including friends, family, and church. Why? Well, the pandemic does carry some blame. For the last several years, it's just been too difficult to go out and meet people. Several studies show it's just convenient. Most people are looking to find love and new relationships. Many are looking for entertainment, self-validation, and casual sex. And new research out of Brigham Young University shows people are also using these apps as a way to search for victims. Dr. Julie Valentine is leading that research effort after years of treating victims of sexual assault firsthand as a forensic nurse.
0: I shared that, you know, we collect when they come in for a sexual assault medical forensic exam. What, what I really need to point out also is that that's only about 12 percent of individuals who are raped report for a medical exam. So that means the information I'm sharing with you, it's the tip of the iceberg. I really worry especially in these dating app facilitated sexual assaults that some victims survivors feel some degree of self-blame erroneously, right? But that they were even using a dating app or that they were alone with this person. For most of these cases, the scenario is that the, they connect on a dating app. They meet in a public place. For most of them, they are meeting in a public place, which is what we advise. But then the victim will say, I thought he seemed like a really nice guy. They begin to feel safe with them. And so the date extends and maybe the uh, assailant says, hey, you talked about you love to hike. Let me show you uh, this really cool hiking trail. Or um, do you want to come back? We talked about you know this book collection. Do you want to come over to my apartment and I'll show it to you? Whatever it is, they then become isolated, and that's when the sexual assault occurs. So initially, most of them are meeting in public, as those guidelines are but then they begin to trust the person. So we also found, with the strangulation, we also found higher degrees of injuries documented on victims. A quarter of the victims had breast injuries. These assaults were much more violent. There's more assaultive, penetrative acts We looked at, are there any differences in victim demographics or characteristics? We found that these victims were more likely to be college students, and a lot of college students use dating apps, and and dating apps just expanded during COVID because lockdowns because it was difficult to meet people. But college students, 50% or more, use at least one dating app, so it's common usage. We also found that uh, men victims, twice as many um, male victims in the dating app facilitated sexual assault. We know from other research that homosexual men are more likely to use dating apps, especially in conservative cultures where it's difficult to openly forge romantic relationships. So they can do that in dating apps. But we found this higher degree of, um, or higher amount of of men, but a really concerning finding is we found that out of the victims, sixty percent self-disclosed mental illness. That then we have done.
4: So that's that's not just men. That's that's across, across the board. Sixty
0: okay. percent yeah. of the DAPSA victims reported mental illness.
4: Was this mental illness before or after before like, or just before? Because okay.
0: this is okay. when they come in for mm-hmm. a sexual assault medical forensic exam, we don't ask them, "Do you have mental illness?" We say, "Do you have any chronic um, medical conditions?" And it's they can choose to answer migraines, asthma, anxiety, depression, whatever it might be. We then also look at their medications if they're on psychotropic medications. So the, the mental illness as a vulnerability for sexual assault has been something we've already published three papers on. We know that mental illness is a high vulnerability for sexual assault. And uh, when I, I do a lot of trainings with law enforcement. And when I talk to law enforcement about this, Um, And this is separate from the dating app facilitated. This is looking at mental illness as a vulnerability for sexual assault. I I explained to law enforcement, imagine a potential perpetrator walks into a party. And there's a group of um, individuals at the party laughing and talking together. But then there's someone sitting off to the side that's on the fringes of the group. That someone is more likely to be the individual that has depression, social anxiety, addiction disorders, whatever that might be, but a form of mental illness. They're on the fringes. Who's more vulnerable? It's going to be that person on the fringes.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: someone who likely will be less likely to believed, to be believed, someone who will be easier to isolate so interestingly we found that it was even higher in the dating app facilitated sexual assaults so we believe that violent predators use dating apps as hunting grounds for vulnerable victims
4: so who are these people going after vulnerable individuals on dating apps the research is just starting to look into who is actually committing these crimes and if it's the same repeat offenders
0: most men wouldn't think about committing an act of sexual violence. But we do believe there are these hidden rapists in our community. I shared that only 12% of victims report. So when most victims don't even report, those motivated offenders can perpetrate, and then there's no consequence. It's most likely they're never going to be reported.
4: Most of these victims are women and girls. The National Sexual Violence Resource Center reports one out of every six women has experienced rape or attempted rape in her lifetime. But not all victims are women. Boys and men account for one in every ten victims. Coming up after the break, we'll talk to one man about his experience
3: dating apps can lead to danger
0: we collected victims comments and many of them said i thought i was going to
3: die this hour reporter amy kobabe explores the world of dating in the year 2023 and the growing fear of assault this is swiping left on danger here's amy kobabe on ksl news
4: radio please note that this story contains depictions of rape and sexual assault If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault, help is available. A full list of resources can be found at kslnewsradio.com or by calling the 24-hour Sexual Violence Crisis Line at 1-888-421-1100. For years, Dr. Julie Valentine at Brigham Young University has been scrutinizing the data on sexual assaults in Utah. What she's found is that dating apps are used as hunting grounds for people looking for potential victims to attack. One of those people that's helping Valentine in her research is Luke Johnson.
5: Undergraduate student, incoming medical student.
4: Johnson wanted to get involved after his own experience with sexual assault.
5: When I was a teenager, I was sexually assaulted, probably drugged and sexually assaulted. And that was uh, extremely challenging. But going from feeling broken to eventually feeling healed through therapy and lots of other things was so beautiful to me, and I just gained this desire to help people who have experienced sexual violence to to heal um, in any way I could. And so I also think that um, I'm I'm male, I I identify as male, and um, not very many men are sexually assaulted, and so it was really important for me to... Help, especially women who have been sexually assaulted, to kind of start recreating a positive image of of men, because so many women they have these horrible things happen to them, and in their minds their their images of men are kind of destroyed, as it should be. Totally understandable. And so I wanted to be with um, survivors of sexual violence and help them and support them and rebuild their their image of men.
4: This is exactly what Valentine wants to see happen with her research, a change in how we talk about and respond to all sexual assaults, not just those that are facilitated through dating apps.
0: When we view rape and sexual assault as a woman's issue, one, we discount the many um, men who are also victims of sexual assault. Um, But... By making it a woman's issue, then we do not have buy-in from 50% of our society who are generally also the gender of the most perpetrators who will stand up and say, enough. We are not going to tolerate sexual violence in our community." We have to have men buy into this. I get asked all the time to come and talk to young women groups, and I say no. I say, you know, this this is not a young women's issue. It's not a Relief Society issue. This is a
4: societal issue. So how does society fix this? Representative Angela Romero passed a bill in this past legislative session without a single opposing vote, to start holding dating apps responsible. Her bill will require dating apps to use specific language somewhere on the app that's easy to find that warns victims about how to stay safe on dates. And if someone is attacked, dating apps will have lists of resources readily available to support them.
0: What informed a lot of this legislation was also what we found in the research. One of the things that I, I did is I, I paid a research assistants to sign up for dating apps. And we sat together, and so I could really see, what's the process? One of the huge things we found is that dating apps don't mention sexual assault. Most dating apps will have like a drop-down menu for you to report someone. It doesn't even mention sexual assault, which is going to be the number one crime that's going to happen. It mentions uh, if you want to report a physical assault. Well, some are not going to see that as a sexual assault. So not even using the language of sexual assault is a problem right there. So this legislation requires dating apps to openly address sexual assault. It requires them to have uh, reporting mechanisms that are very clear. It requires them to openly state if they do background checks or do not do background checks. Many dating apps will have a star or something that they'll place on a profile that will say a verified user, implying that there's some degree of safety and there is not at all. A verified user is where they ask somebody to Um, hold a certain pose, and it takes a picture to just check that their other pictures match.
4: Well, anybody can do that. One app in particular that caters to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints lets users get verified by posting a picture of themselves holding up a Book of Mormon. This is supposed to add a level of security because it shows that they're able to confirm this person really is who they say they are, or at least that their face matches. But it's not a criminal background check. Romero says dating apps will now have to make that distinction more obvious. This bill, when you open the app right away, it'll let you know whether they do a
2: background check or they don't. Most dating apps don't use background checks, but it'll just remind you they don't. And then those safety precautions will pop up right away. Um, to remind you. And if something were to happen, it'll be easy to find where to report because the dating app wants to know. But also we want to make sure people are reporting to law enforcement or they're calling a hotline to get help and services that they need. As we know, in sexual assault, control is taken away from that individual. And as a policymaker, I don't want to take more control away from that individual. So I want to make sure that they are aware of the services and the help they need to get to the point where my hope is a report to law enforcement.
4: Not only is the goal to improve reports of sexual assault, but Romero says she wants to see safety become a bigger concern to app developers.
2: The number one point that everyone will see is if you don't have consent, and you violate someone, that sexual assault, and you will be held criminally liable. The other part is just to remind people to let people know where they are. And also, um, when you meet someone for the first time, um, maybe drive there yourself, and again, let a friend know where you are. I'm an older person now, and I have friends who are divorced. You know, we're, we're in that stage in our life where many of my friends are single, and so they're also experiencing dating apps like some of our children are. And, and so there's one friend in particular, whenever she's going on a date, she lets me know where she's at or even when she's in an Uber. And it's, it's unfortunate that we have to have these precautions, but I'd rather, someone asked me the other day, well, what was your intent with this bill? And, if, and I told them, well, if it makes one person think twice about meeting up with someone or letting someone come over to their house and I've done my job or if something were to happen, they know where to go to get the services that they need.
4: Many apps already have some sort of safety tab or section on their websites that offer safety guidelines, but Valentine says those need to be tightened up to better empower victims.
0: Some of the dating apps on their safety guidelines will say something like, trust your gut. The problem with that is that there are perpetrators that are really good at fooling people. And when we say trust your gut or... Uh, depend on the spirit. The problem is that then it makes the victims feel like, well, what's wrong with me? I thought this was a nice guy. So that language needs to be taken out
4: of those safety guidelines. The Match Group worked with Romero on her bill. Match owns many popular dating sites, including Tinder, Match.com, Hinge, and plenty of fish, just to name a few. A spokeswoman for the company says they are also implementing the policies laid out in Romero's bill they have until January 2024 to get it all in place. The Match Group has also recently reported a new partnership with Garbo, which provides background checks, but you have to pay extra for this feature. And Valentine says this feature also has one other major shortcoming, because only a small number of victims ever report, there's a limited number of criminal background information on any offenders.
0: They're not going to be foolproof. And remember I talked about how few victims report? So that means that many people who have committed acts of violence, sexual violence, aren't even going to show up with any kind of record. So just because there is a background check does not guarantee safety as well. It's also going to require dating apps to have a clear reporting mechanism specific for sexual assault. It will clearly state that dating apps have to write, if you are a victim of sexual assault, you are not to blame. That statement right there is huge that they have to clearly state that because when people feel like they have an element of self-blame, They're less likely to report, and so we need to be really drive that point home. It will also list out that they have to have resources clearly posted on where to turn for advice, confidential reporting. So it is the best legislation in the country regarding dating apps. We are hoping that other states will model this legislation.
4: Coming up, we'll take a look at the law enforcement part of this conversation and how Valentine's work is impacting her students.
3: Mornings on KSL mean one thing news, traffic, weather, important updates. Okay, that's a lot of things. And you get them all with Tim and Amanda from 5 to 9. Here's Amy Kobe with more on dating app dangers on KSL News Radio.
4: Please note that this story contains depictions of rape and sexual assault. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault, help is available. A full list of resources can be found at KSLNewsRadio.com or by calling the 24 hour sexual violence crisis line at 1 888 421 1100. A rising number of sexual assaults in Utah are getting classified into a relatively new category. This is when victims are attacked in their first date with someone who they met on a dating app. This is now 14% of all sexual assaults by acquaintances in the state. The number comes from extensive research by Dr. Julie Valentine at Brigham Young University. She's working to better understand what impact these apps are having. She's also working with Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill.
6: Sexual assaults are unfortunately prevalent, not only around the country, but also in our state. Uh, I mean, for example, even just in preparation and talking to you today, I went down to the, the dashboard at the, at the Salt Lake County Jail. There are 295 defendants at the Salt Lake County Jail with pending sex crime charges that our office is prosecuting. They're uh, right now sitting there. And there are yet another 344 convicted sex offenders serving part of their sentence in jail, separate from the 295. Now, that is just a, t- a little snippet of this morning today in Salt Lake County, right? That's what the work that our office is engaged with right now, as, we're, as I'm talking to you. But that also underscores the, the issue that we're trying to uh, address. And if this effort... Uh, will safeguard one person or make them safer uh, to, to that exploitation or abuse, then I think we're doing the right thing.
4: Anything else that you would say to anyone to stay safe? Yeah, you would
6: yeah. I, I think the other thing that I want to just absolutely be clear if you are a victim of a sexual assault, if you are if you know somebody, first of all, please report this because if you don't report it, then we can't investigate it. And if we can't investigate it, we can't hold that person accountable and that person is roaming free out there with the next victim in mind. Please report it. And there are... Uh, resources that are here that will assist you and help you both as advocates, as prosecutors, as a community. We want you to feel safe and we want you to know there are people who will support you and that's critical. The second thing is don't believe that somehow this is your fault. Nobody deserves sexual abuse. Nobody should be the victim of that, uh, any kind of that of abuse and that's not something that you need to suffer in silence and it certainly is never your fault. So don't let anybody gaslight you into thinking that it is. Unfortunately, in the state of Utah, and it does indict a broader issue of us as a society. By one study, if there are 100 victims of sexual assault in the state of Utah, 88 will not report it. Let me say that again. If there are 100 victims of sexual assault in Utah, 88 will not report it. And we have to ask ourselves why will they not report it? Why why are we not creating an environment where these women feel safe and protected and advocated for, that they will be believed that we've created such a hostile environment or such a stigmatizing environment where they will not they're not willing to come forward and do that. And that is really speaks to all of us. So we can all do a better part of if we know somebody to give them support, if uh, we know somebody to encourage them them and to actually remind them that it is not their fault and there is a community of support willing to come forward to help them. Nobody should suffer this in silence or alone.
4: As for the students at BYU working with Valentine, several of them say they simply don't use dating apps including Luke Johnson.
5: I've never used a dating app. For my siblings, it's it's changed it very much, especially I have two little sisters and I've talked to them a lot about about this, about the predators who, who will use dating apps and so some safety things that, that they can do.
4: Fellow BYU student Connor Alder is also avoiding dating apps.
7: I think in part it's because of the research I've done. I can't lie and say that it hasn't influenced that, but um, I don't think dating apps are inherently bad. I don't think that you shouldn't use dating apps, but when you work with this data that we do work with so frequently and see the you know the actual cases of horrible things that have happened being facilitated through dating apps it 's hard to be super enthusiastic about them, but I will say that um, one thing I 'm excited about with dating apps is that we recently passed this new legislation that was in large part a consequence of this research that we finished. To require dating apps to be more transparent with their reporting practices with sexual assault and also to like notify users when other users have been reported of sexual assault. And so I think that's a really good first step. And I think some of those protocols being put in place would you know make me more uh, open to, to dating apps in general. But again, I don't think they're inherently bad. I just think my research has given me a different perspective than most. <laughs>
4: Alder is a part of a club on campus that is trying to tackle this issue for the BYU community.
7: I heard about a club on campus that advocates against sexual assault during my uh, sophomore year. And I went to the meeting because I assumed that I was like, why do we even have a club for this? We're at Brigham Young University. We have an honor code that I figured would mean that people wouldn't be having, you know, any sexual assault or any sex at all, right, outside of marriage. And so I just assumed it wasn't a thing. And I was just really surprised to learn that there is sexual assault on campus and that the rates are not that far off from other universities. And I just felt like that was unacceptable and just wrong. And, I mean, of course it's wrong anywhere, but I just felt like, especially here, it was just really sad to know that that was happening and that no one was really talking about it. So I really wanted to be a part of the change and give a voice to those people who maybe felt like they couldn't express their, their concerns.
4: Part of that change could be in the digital world. Dating has changed dramatically in the last decade. Whether apps and websites continue as a go-to source for dating connections will depend on how much safety these apps provide and how much trust we give them. If you have experienced sexual assault, help is available. We have a full list of resources on our website, kslnewsradio.com. You can also call the 24-hour Sexual Violence Crisis Line. That's made by the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault at 1-888-421-1100.
1: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.